leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. to Aaron Fitzgerald, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Sermo, about the social networking platform, how it's used to solve hard-to-crack cases, and the business model underlying the free service for physicians. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Sure. Happy to be here, Danny. We're going to talk about Sermo, physicians, and how social networks are being used by doctors to tap the expertise of others. Let's start with Sermo itself. What is it? Who's able to access the platform? We'd like to think that Sermo is reinventing the curbside. Sermo is a virtual lounge that facilitates medical collaboration and crowdsourcing, from sharing challenging patient cases to asking tough questions. Physicians come to Sermo to get the answers and support they need in real time. Today, we have over 100,000 verified doctors spanning 150 countries, and we're growing every day. It's really an exciting time for Sermo. What's the range of things physicians use Sermo to do, and how does it work? Sermo enables doctors to anonymously talk about real-world medicine, review treatment options via proprietary drug rating platforms, collectively solve patient cases, as well as earn honorarium from taking surveys and contributing their wisdom to the industry at large. Given the position you're in, one of the things I imagine is you have fairly unique insight into the issues uh, that are top of mind on physicians today. What kind of things are you seeing and hearing? Sure. I mean, you know, physicians talk about, you know, current events and national, you know, news cycles just as we do. So, you know, there are, uh, there's, you know, feedback and conversations going on about everything from vaping to the use of, of, you know, CBD, um, medicinally. Um, we also hear a lot, um, on the platform about physician fatigue and, and burnout and the amount of time spent on you know, more administrative tasks rather than with patients, um, as well as some of their gripes with um, with EHRs and the interoperability of some of those systems and, um, and you know, how to truly take vacation and, and step away from work. And really, um, you know, there's some aspects of the conversations that, you know, many of us could, you know, could relate to. One of the newer functions that you've alluded to is the ability for doctors to use Sermo for medical crowdsourcing on difficult cases. How exactly does that work? 
Physicians have the opportunity on CERMO to open what we call a patient case. And I think what's really interesting and unique about this opportunity is they're able to open the patient case with either uh, communicating that they want a second opinion. So, you know, they feel like they have their diagnosis, but they really want to kind of crowdsource how they're going about the specific case. And they can get comments and um, and leverage the inputs of their peers that way. Or they can open the case to be solved, saying that they need support uh, to be able to solve this particular case. And we see, um, you know, we see patient cases really be uh, a main driver of interaction engagement throughout the throughout the platform. Are there a, a few case examples you can offer for how such crowdsourcing worked and helped solve the difficult case? So there's quite a few examples. Um, one that we've shared, a few actually that we've shared recently um, on our Solved on Sermo blog is, uh, I think one that's notable and worth uh, pointing out is uh, this case where a physician was asking the opinion, the wisdom of the crowd, on whether an 11-year-old was potentially suffering from schizophrenia or if uh, they had a, a potential depressive uh, disorder. Uh, is there another example? Oh, yeah, there's a few examples. Um, there's also been uh, an example of a patient case that was opened about an eye injury from a workplace uh, accident that a 68-year-old technician in refrigeration suffered a work accident, um, and they weren't actually sure the um, the eye disorder and um, and the type of body sensation as well as discharge that was um, a result of the accident. Uh, that was also solved, um, you know, on Thermo and had a very high number of, of comments from physicians globally. And what kind of information do doctors put into the system to, to get help? Is it just a, a brief description, or do they actually upload diagnostic results or, you know, any kind of patient files? They upload diagnostic results, images, uh, sometimes videos, but largely just images. And they also include information really shaping the core of the, the case. Um, everything is, you know, de-identified. I think that's very important to make that clear. But they do include information about, you know, uh, age is important, um, the, uh, the, the incident that has taken place, if there's any dynamics that are notable, like in the case of the, um, the, uh, the sixth grader. Uh, in which that there was some really uh, kind of like strange behavior where, um, you know, there was uh, about 15 days where the, the child had only urinated twice. Um, there was an issue with the way that um, he was eating as well. And that was, um, that was diagnosed to be a de depressive disorder um, within, you know, uh, of just a couple of days. I, I think of, the doctors I know being fairly overtaxed these days, how do you get physicians to go online and review other people's patients? What, what's the incentive for them? So I think this, there's many benefits of joining and being part of a, a platform and a community such as Thermo, but I think in this specific regard, there still is that 
human nature of wanting to help. And that's, you know, why many physicians, especially nowadays, kind of get with a lot of the challenges and the overtaxing and fatigue that they face. I think that at the core, physicians, you know, go to medical school to be able to, you know, help people and build a livelihood from helping people. And, you know, we really, you know, once patient cases are posted, um, we do uh, amplify them um, through our, you know, community um, to the physicians that would be able to help. Um, so I, I feel like the real benefit to physicians is to be able to continue to extend the um, the value that they bring day-to-day to patients, but to be able to bring that globally to their peers participating, you know, in the community. I, I know you mentioned that the medical information that's shared is de-identified is that automatically done by the system, or do the doctors inputting the information need to take any special precautions to protect privacy? Sure, that's a great question. So physicians have the choice to be anonymous or not throughout their experience on the, the thermo community. Um, in regards to patient information, uh, you know, they're all practicing physicians are very familiar with um, you know, HIPAA laws and, and, and privacy rules that, that's something that is largely, um, done by them proactively when sharing information. And we also have a community team that, uh, monitors the platform, um, for breaches as well. Do physicians that share patient information need to get any kind of consent before doing so? They do not have to. Um, the information that they share is de-identified. So you're largely given a gender if it's applicable, potentially an age range, and then some of the dynamics of the case. But there's not specifically a lot of times geography isn't even shared. Sermo doesn't charge physicians for using the platform. What's the business model? How does Sermo make its money? The the platform is free to to the the healthcare community. Um, Thermo monetizes, uh, you know, the the platform um, by leveraging the the wisdom of of the crowd and of physicians and um, enabling physicians to take surveys um, by the healthcare industry, and we pay physicians um, for their for their time. Um, in taking surveys. So World One, which is a marketing firm that provides healthcare to data, owns Sermo. How does it get insights into physician perspectives and behavior? Is it only through the use of those surveys, or is it able to glean other information from physician activity on the site? No, it's it's through the surveys. So. You know, one of the main value propositions of Sermo for physicians is to supplement their, their income by earning honoraria and sharing their wisdom and knowledge with the medical community um, and healthcare ecosystem at large. Um, so through the surveys that are, are targeted to physicians based on their specialty and so on, they're able to, you know, earn additional um, income for their time. And this comes at a you know, a time for them, a lot of physicians find this to be a really strong value proposition given that, you know, reimbursements continue to, to decrease. Um, they, you know, student loan debts have, have never been higher. Um, so a lot of, 
physicians uh, find this valuable in, in contributing to their you know over, overall financial portfolio. Is there a, a typical amount of time a physician spends a week in, uh, on CERMO? On the, on the platform, um, physicians typically consume about 14 to 15 pieces of content. And throughout the course of the week, um, they are spending um, about like 30 plus minutes or so on the platform. Now, there's many ways that they also interact with a lot of our uh, survey tools as well. And that can really range from, you know, 10 minutes to, you know, three hours for, for one survey. So if you have a physician that takes a few surveys a week, that could very much, you know, that could very well be, you know, five hours or so a week. You mentioned that physicians can be anonymous on CERMO. What control do members have on what data about them is collected and shared? Uh, we verify physicians in, in three ways, and this is largely the information that we, you know, collect on them, that in order to um, allow physicians into the community, we need to verify that they're actually physicians, uh, and we do that by um, a valid, you know, state ID, uh, as well as um, valid medical credentials. And then from there, each thermo physician is, you know, de-identified, and they're, uh, in, in aggregate, um, some of the sentiment or tone or, like, conversation is analyzed to get an understanding of what the, the pulse and the heart of the community is, but um, there is not information that's shared. Um, there's not a PII that is shared. CERM is not alone in trying to build a social network for physicians to collaborate. Why should physicians choose CERMO? What's the case for your network being a, a better place for physicians to turn than your competitors? So I'd like to, CERMO is the, you know, original trailblazer in this regard. I mean, CERMO was, you know, founded in, I believe, 2004, 2005 by physicians for physicians. I believe it was a social network before even, you know, potentially MySpace or Facebook. And I think the value proposition of being part of the community, really leveraging the wisdom, you know, of the crowd, being able to, you know, talk uh, amongst peers, um, gather insights from peers, uh, you know, rate, rate drugs that, um, and, and give your perceptions of how those treatments have helped patients. Uh, as well as earn honoraria for your time and taking surveys has really proved um, to be a to be a valuable proposition, you know, for physicians. Is this competition sustainable, or do you expect there'll be either a consolidation or a, a natural pull of gravity that draws physician to one platform over the other? We feel that our our community has has sustained the last, you know, decade or so and, and certainly grown. Um, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, of companies and um, even administrative tasks pulling for physicians, you know, time. And we feel like the value in CERMO of being part of the community um, and being able to leverage the, the support and the, the network and also contribute to um, the financial profile of a physician really is, is, is quite strong. So I'm sure that at, you know, at points there'll be consolidation within the, within the, you know, industry and the companies that compete for the, 
the kind of timeshare of physicians, but um, we don't we don't see that there's a lot of really heavy competition um, in regards to uh, in regards to what Sermo, the core Sermo offering and value proposition. Aaron Fitzgerald, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Sermo. Aaron, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.